What is up, fellas? We are back after a few months of a hiatus from the podcast, but we are back in full force. My name's Kurt Kersey, and I'm the host of The Grown Man Project. I'm excited if you're listening for the first time. If you have been waiting for a few months for us to come back, I'm excited to be in your AirPods or your headphones again and hanging out with you a little bit. Listen, after a sprint of 60 episodes in the launch of The Grown Man Project, we're making some updates to how we're doing things in order to bring you insightful, high-energy actionable episodes that truly help you step into your role as a grown man. In season two of the show, we have 10 power-packed episodes that I cannot freaking wait to share with you. You're going to hear from guys like Jay Messner, CEO of Leadership and Operational Excellence Consultancy, Alta Impact. He's going to share a little bit of his journey of almost losing his career, losing his businesses, and losing his family to only come back stronger by the grace of God. You're going to learn from Luke Dooley, president of faith-based startup accelerator called Ocean Programs, about what we can learn from the battle of entrepreneurship. We're going to talk to Tom Fields, founder of the financial fitness app and certified financial planner, about what it means to be a man with your money. And as always, you're going to get your rugged, outdoor brotherly love fix from my homie and co-founder Adam Atala as he talks with leaders like Ben Steiger, president and founder of Heart of the Outdoors, and Casey Woods, head football coach at Cincinnati Hills Christian Academy. You're also going to hear from the newest co-host of The Grown Man Project, Tyler Bridges. Tyler is a recent University of Cincinnati grad. He's a sales professional and overall just stud of a dude. His conversation with Pastor Brian Cromer of Queen City Church is powerful. Y'all, I cannot wait to share that with you. But we're kicking off this season with something really freaking special. Uh, Some of you have heard potentially of the Enneagram before, right? Some of you maybe think it's a little woo-woo from what you've heard of it. Uh, Some of you might, you know, have that rough, rugged exterior on and think, you know, the Enneagram or assessments like that make you soft. I'm here to tell you they do not. Some of you even further heard me say Enneagram and just think that I'm talking about like a medical procedure or something like that and are totally lost. So let me catch you up a little bit. Here's what I know. A lot of us go through our lives pretending. We pretend that we're confident. We pretend like nothing bothers us. We pretend like we're strong and we've got it all together. We pretend like we're happy. Hell, even sometimes we pretend like we're sad, right? We've learned to do and say the things that the world wants to hear and see from us. And the truth is we can't fully step into our roles as brothers, friends, husbands, fathers, and leaders if we don't actually know ourselves well. If you don't know what you were created for, if you can't see the uniqueness you carry, you'll just do and be whatever the world tells you to. But we need more men of substance and depth. That's why we created the show, right? To pursue that ourselves and to pursue that alongside each and every one of you listening. We need men who have decided to fully step into who God created them to be. And one of the best tools I've ever experienced to help us understand ourselves better so that we can fully step into that role is the Enneagram. 
So I invited my good buddy Jason Daly on the show to help guide us through a four-part series on all things Enneagram and how we use this tool to better understand ourselves, our creator, and how we build meaningful relationships and engage the world around us. Jason is the founder of Anchored Leadership. He's a killer executive coach, amazing husband and father. He's a communication expert and an overall Enneagram master. In the first episode of the series, what you're listening to right now, we're going to hear some of the origin story of how Jason personally discovered the Enneagram, why it matters to all of us, and an overview of kind of what it is. Then in the episodes to come, we're going to do a deep dive in understanding how to apply the tool to our lives so that we can learn more about ourselves and fully step into our roles as men. If you've already taken the Enneagram and are a full-on like Ian Cron nerd, come with open ears to hear something new. I promise you'll get something new out of this series. If you're not super familiar with the tool, here's what I want you to do. Listen to this first episode. Go keep listening. You don't have to press pause or anything like that. Just keep listening to this first episode. Then I want you to go to grownmanproject.com slash tools grownmanproject.com slash tools, T-O-O-L-S, to take the free Enneagram assessment and follow along with the next few episodes for a guided tour of how you're going to apply it and how you can use it to learn more about who you are and and, and really take it into action uh, in your life. So thanks as always for listening to this episode, listen to the podcast. Please share this show with your fellow grown men so that we can impact more of your community. And I want you to go to grownmanproject.com slash community to learn how you can go deeper with this crew specifically. With that, let's jump into today's episode with Jason Daly. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man. I'm pumped. This is awesome. (laughs) This is awesome. I'm super thrilled and just, just excited to be here. So thanks for having me, man. Brother, I'm so grateful you're willing to do it. This is really the first time we've ever done a series like this. So I'm really excited to dig in at a deeper level into something that's near and dear to my heart, which is the Enneagram and really just like self-awareness and what that that means. So I'd love to kind of kick this series off by asking you, Jason, like, why is it important for us as men to work to better understand ourselves? Mm. <laughs> we have four hours for this one. Is that right? <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to say about that, but here's, I guess maybe I'll always say everything I say today and in subsequent sessions are really about my own experience and my own journey. Um, in short, I would say we owe it to those around us to step up and lead. Now, and I don't, I'm not talking about gender role. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying like, as a human being, we all would do better to know who we are at our best, who we are at our worst, and maybe even some intel into why we're that way. Then as we encounter people in relationships, our spouses, our partners, our siblings, our parents, our children, uh, I mean, who, who wouldn't want to have someone who's more self-aware as part of their lives? And, and so, I mean, in short, I mean, that's my highest level answer that I could give, but I, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to those around you to be able to do that. 
I love it, brother. I love how you even started that of this idea that we are all in some capacity called to leadership, right? Again, something that's near and dear to my heart. And with this being the grown man project, I think like what you just described is we, we really can't step into who we're called to be as men without understanding what that calling actually is. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh, and there's probably reasons why people don't go into that exploration of what is my calling? You know, like, who am I? Like, who, who was I put on this earth to become? And, mm-hmm. and frankly, I mean, whether someone's a believer, they're a follower, they, you know, they're a Jesus follower or not. Uh, I mean, that's where I've spent all of my career really is helping others agnostic of their faith. Um, but spirituality is present, I'd say, for almost everyone I work with um, who are seeking just a deeper meaning and some curiosity around who am I and what am I about and what do I want to be about? Mm. I love that, brother. So you brought up you know, your career and where you focused your career. Before we dig into the Enneagram and understanding our, our wiring a little bit better, let's talk a little bit about who you are, right? Give us, give us the story. <laughs> who is Jason Daly? Well, I should. Uh, this is my wife, Shannon. She, just kidding. She's not here. But <laughs> let her tell you about me, um, man. So, um, currently, I'm an executive coach, and uh, my specialty, my niche, is within uh, communication. So, presentation skills, planning content, strategic messaging, and I've really, for the last ten to fifteen years, I've facilitated any and everything around leadership development. And so uh, that's what I currently do. I work full-time for a healthcare system here in Columbus, Ohio, massive system, awesome culture, awesome people. And I also have my own coaching business, Anchored Leadership. And so um, that really stemmed out of where I started my career, which was as a speech language pathologist, still licensed, still certified, but I no longer treat patients in that uh, realm. I, I was... I just grew really fascinated with how communication works. We have a message. Our intent is to get the message across. The message encounters noise. And so the receiver doesn't, doesn't get the message. Now I took the speech pathology path, um, uh, to help people rebuild their ability to communicate after a stroke or a traumatic brain injury. And after doing that for about six or seven years, I started to grow even more interested in how, communicating effectively in a business context (laughs) is not just useful for people, but it's necessary. And so Mm. uh, for about six or seven more years, I then traveled the globe and delivered workshops in uh, those key topic areas, which was a ton of fun. And starting a family (laughs) was awesome and exciting, and it still continues to challenge me on levels that I don't think the hardest work challenge could ever challenge me. And, uh, and I, and I opted out of that role because I was on an airplane every other week. There's so much more to that story. Maybe we'll get into that as we talk about the Enneagram Mm. and some of my own (laughs) self-awareness. Uh, and so, so as it were, uh, that's what I'm doing now. That's where I'm at. Um, I work, uh, I I just work with some incredible clients. It's a ton of fun and talk about purpose and meaning. I just, every day I feel like I get to help people get clear on what that is. Married. Uh, for 10 years this October, I've already got the anniversary. Congratulations, gift. brother. Kurt, aren't you proud of me? Like, what's <laughs> what's this about? Five You're months prepared, early. man. Now, no, I'm never this prepared, but it yeah. just, I just figured it out. So it worked. 
Uh, I have two kids currently. I have a six-year-old daughter, Josephine. Uh, I have an 18-month-old son, Jack, and you know this, uh, but we are literally days away from welcoming our third, a girl, into the world. So that's a bit of me. I'm a, I'm a Southern that's Ohio amazing, boy, grow, grew up with a farm in our family. I've lived in New York City. I've lived in Atlanta, Boston, San Francisco. Nothing really beats wide open spaces for me. Amen, brother. Well, that's a that's a perfect like kind of like little end cap to, yeah. <laughs> to, to that bio. I love that. I could give you like two I more weeks that. worth of I, bio, I, but congrats. people don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man. Well, they do, man. They wouldn't be listening to this episode if they if they didn't care about that. And I want to I want to learn a little bit. You know, you talk about ten years of marriage, which is an amazing accomplishment. Congratulations. Mm-hmm brother, um, two beautiful kiddos and one expected any moment, literally right now, any day, any moment. Uh, so congratulations on that. And just this awesome career that has really, um, you know, at that 30,000 foot view, it's easy to look at that and see like, Oh, that just worked out perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Like speech path for a few years and then migrant. And I'm sure there's twists and turns that we're going to get into, but I'm curious, you know, this being the grown man project, one of the questions I love to ask is like along that journey, uh, where were some of the moments where you started to learn what it means to be a grown man? Hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Huge question. Um, well, so I, and I call these crucible moments and there's a lot of crucible moments. Um, I still don't know what it takes to be a grown man for what it's worth, you know, I'm, but I'm committed to figuring it out and I'm committed to figuring it out as I help others do the same, whether it's, you know, men or, uh, you know, women or, you know, just anybody. I think the constant theme for me has been curiosity and, and there's a theme around what I'd say is yearning and, and sometimes unhealthily and other times in a healthy place. And so I've, I feel like it's allowed me like that curiosity has allowed me to feel, um, uh, restless in all the ways that I think God calls us to stay and remain restless mm-hmm. to answer a calling. So gosh, there's so many, but I will just say this is that at one point in time when I was transitioning out of speech pathology, I was reading uh, a book by Mark Batterson, pastor out of DC. You, I think you know him. Uh, know sure of him. Uh, in know a pit him, yeah. with a lion on a snowy day. And I was just feeling like I was being called to go do something that felt uncomfortable, totally foreign, and, uh, and risky, somewhat risky. Part of what I did was I, I started thinking about what that could look like. And then I went straight to some of my closest buddies and I've got about five or six of them. We do an annual guys trip. These are my best friends in the world. Um, and I remember talking with my best buddy, Peter, and I shared this idea with him of I'm feeling restless. There's this thing in speech pathology where you can travel the country, like travel nursing. And if you, I'm worried that I'll lose community and that I won't have a home. And he's like, man, you're young, you're single. Um, you've already moved from Ohio, your home home. So go for it. I mean, what's, what is there to lose? And so just being encouraged by, by counsel, I mean, I think was really important. So what's it take to be a grown man? Um, not knowing, moving, being able to hold like fear and the unknown, but also stepping into courage and, and being willing to take the risk. And I have to tell you, I am not here to confess or admit that I've got that one figured out like every single day. And I'm in a season of my life where I'm living that right now. Um, so I think that's one, I think godly counsel and, and having friends 
and which I, I feel like my situation is so rare that I've got so many, so many friends, six of my best friends who are Mm. just so great at lifting me up, um, and, and giving, giving wisdom. Mm. So, um, and then I'll say, have you okay, heard, yeah. no, I was just going to ask. And, and actually, as I say this, I know that you've heard this because we connected through Donald Miller and yeah. through coaching certification with, with story brand and business made simple. And, uh, one of the things that Don quotes Bob Goff talking about is knowing the six, uh, people yeah. in your life that are going to carry your coffin. And I, just as you said, like my six buddies, I'm like, Oh, there's no coincidence there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so, and I, before I knew about Bob Goff or Don Miller or, um, dream big or, you know, anything by them in 2003, I was a junior in college. I will, I just gone through a breakup and, you know, I thought it was the end of the world. Of course, why not? And, um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I walked over to my computer. I'm a heavy sleeper and I Googled Christian summer camps. I was reading, uh, Mm wild at heart by Eldridge at the time. And you know, mm-hmm. I haven't, of course you book up, yeah. yeah, right. Of course I was, I haven't read that book <laughs> since, uh, but I Googled Christian summer camps. You got to remember this is like dial up internet days too. And six weeks later I was driving to new Hampshire. And the first person that I saw and met when I walked through the door is my friend, Peter, the guy I just mentioned. Mm. And he, Peter had grown up going to this camp and, uh, I spent three summers there and out of those three summers, I've found uh, an amazing group of, of friends, and uh, yeah, and so we've just we've just been very intentional in our lives since leaving that camp. I, heck, I haven't touched I haven't touched that property in fifteen years, but we talk about camp yeah. knows no boundaries, and uh, that's that's the motto of that place. Mm, camp knows no boundaries. I love that. Yeah, I love that man, and I love it because you know we talk a lot about community on the podcast and just the importance of community, especially as men. And especially if you're trying to step into being a, a grown man, how important that community is. And one of my buddies, when, when we um, asked him about what, what is important, how would you encourage someone that maybe that's lacking that community mm-hmm. and it's somebody's got to go first. Yeah. And so I love what you just shared of, man, I felt like I needed that experience. I needed that community. And so I wasted no time <laughs> and I found a place to go get it. You know, yeah. and I did something kind of bold in stepping out of the boat to go find that community. And now to think that that community is with you all these years later is really powerful. Yeah. And, and you know, into something to that point, too, was I was at a place in my life where, you know, the figuratively speaking is like, well, maybe literally, too, is I had been driven to my knees in feeling confused mm-hmm. and gosh, I was hinging so much on this upcoming summer and this relationship. And when things are disrupted, it's really hard to see through the fog that there's a redemption in this relative suffering, whatever it is. Um, and to know and to even now plan that life is cyclical. And 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 so part of, part of that is determining in that moment, man, this hurts right now, whatever this is, or this is really confusing right now, mm. but how can I remain open and pliable, um, uh, to, again, to what I'm being called to do or, or open and pliable enough to say, I'm going to make a decision. Even if I don't feel like the voice of God is telling me what to do, it's really stinking scary, but I'll learn something from it. And that probably plays into a bit of my Enneagram type too, also, by the way, which we'll get to, but yeah. (laughs) 
Look at you segueing so perfectly into the Enneagram. I, I love that because even as you were as you were chatting about that, like the the ability to be self-aware in those moments, in those painful moments, is how we know how to move forward, right? Yeah. If we can acknowledge, hey, okay, I'm in a tough season right now, and I know enough about myself to know that this is how I respond often when I'm in a tough season. Oh, and yeah. so I either need to avoid stepping on that landmine or I need to lean into that other feeling. And like you said, we're, we're going to dig into that. So let's talk a little bit about the Enneagram and kind of when, when did the Enneagram, well, I guess first tell us a little bit of like what the Enneagram is, but mm -hmm. then I'd love to hear like when the Enneagram entered your life. Let me flip that around if you're okay with that. Great. Yeah. Okay. So the story for me is I told you I worked for this awesome healthcare system. Admittedly, I will tell you the job I had before this place, I, I loved what I did. I was good at what I did. I love serving the clients. I told you know this story. I didn't I I know that I was not being developed in the way that I wanted to be developed. Now, this is I don't mean this in a victim-like statement. Because part of what I looked at was I, I don't have time and capacity on the job to grow in the way I want to grow, but I'm serving people all day, every day. And after, you know, enough time of complaining about it and being fearful to move against it, uh, I decided, okay, well, <laughs> with my wife's encouragement where she's like, buddy, either stop talking about it or just suck it up, you know, <laughs> like make a decision, but you know, you're hem hawing about this. So God um, bless Shannon. Uh, that's, man, a, that's a good wife right there, right? It's amazing. And poor thing. I mean, for her to hear, uh, you know, part of being a grown man is go find people other than your spouse to bounce ideas off of. And for me, mm -hmm. like personally, my rule, my kind of rule is go find some other guys to do that with, right? Mm -hmm. um, boundaries. It's important for me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. um, so I knew that when I left that job, whatever I went into next, I was going to be a part of a company culture that was developed, that was committed to developing development and growth for the people who are developing and growing others. So dumb luck, if that's what you want to call it, serendipity. It was about that curiosity thing I mentioned earlier. Um, and I now work for uh, a leader who, and I've a leader and a leader leader who are just so committed to us making sure that we as a talent development and organizational effectiveness team, that we are feeding ourselves with our own work and our own action plans and our own growth. And I'm just, man, it's just been awesome. And so for the last two years, two plus years, my vice president, his name's Kurt, great name, great man. Um, he has brought the Enneagram into inside of our healthcare organization. We've got about 1,500, 1,600 leaders, manager and above, uh, maybe a little more than that. And so um, he brought it into our organization to help people. Uh, part of our mission is to continue to be outside of the system. And that might sound really weird for maybe folks who work for this organization, but when we can stay outside of the system, then part of it is that we can drive and push people to go take some risks that they wouldn't inside of the confines mm. of the, um, you know, just the environment. And again, we have an awesome culture. This is part of it. It's like we can push the limits. So the Enneagram is a really strange tool for corporations to use. I mean, admittedly, some people would say, man, there's some weirdness to this thing. What we found that it's done is it has helped drive individual awareness 
but it's also driven compassion and empathy for uh, one another in relationship as part of a team structure. So that's so two years ago, my boss, he never said you should go do this. He said, if you are interested in learning more about this tool and this typing process, I'll support your growth and development. So naturally, someone who's hungry for growth and development, what I decided was, yeah, man, I'm all in. So uh, I yeah. We have done all of our training through the narrative tradition of the Enneagram. They're based out in Palo Alto, California, but obviously with COVID, they're, they're doing a lot of stuff virtually, um, everything virtually still. Mm. And so for two years, I've attended, I don't know, f- six to nine um, uh, development sessions where it's not about me learning how to teach and coach the Enneagram. Maybe like 10% of that is. Right. I already brought my coaching skills Mm. to to the to the program, but it was really about 80 to 90 percent learning about myself. And so that's been the Mm. process for me. And so here's how I would high level, very high level talk about the Enneagram. And I know it's taken us a while to get here. Can I can I. Yeah. Before you jump into that, I just want to like I want to like reinforce a couple of things that you shared uh, through that, or, or even like your your uh, your leader's perspective on kind of how that thing is structured, because I think that man, there's so many nuggets, and I'm we could record an entire episode. I know from our conversations just on the things that y'all have learned and done well through the process of building out this department inside of your organization. But I love that idea of creating this kind of team that sits almost outside of the organization, so that you can have a perspective on what's going on that isn't so muddied with getting your hands dirty inside of the day to day all yeah. the time. I think that's really, that's really cool. And then I, I love what you're sharing and what you just shared about the Enneagram of so much of understanding the Enneagram is doing that, that self work that like, you know, yeah. inner work, whatever you want to call it, that can sound a little woo woo. But uh, uh, my sister-in-law actually shared this quote with me this morning. It's from celebration of discipline, Richard Foster. Yep. And it says what the world needs is neither a greater number of intelligent people nor a greater number of gifted people. What the world needs is more people of depth and substance. Oh. And it sounds like your leader understands that, right? Oh. We don't need all these coaches with PhDs and all the, you know, all this education. Ultimately, what we need are people that are willing to lead, willing to be vulnerable, and willing to be of depth and substance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, in a corporate culture and fair enough, I mean, businesses need to make money. They have to, um, but they don't, but, but going deeper does not have to be mutually exclusive from, uh, or in direct contradiction to driving results and making money. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, a part of the way we operate as a team is if we can help that leader, that senior leader, know him or her self better, is it really hard to get a measurable KPI or a return, uh, you know, measurement on the, on the ROI of that? Yeah, absolutely. But anecdotally is like for someone who's been a command and control leader for their entire career and they've been in the workforce for three decades and they're like, Oh, what got me here isn't going to get me there. Or Mm. now I'm going into my legacy mode. And what I care about is how I develop other people. Then I will, I'll take that all day, man. I'll take that yeah. all day. Yeah, that yeah. inner work is so crucial. So critical. that's cool, man. 
I love that. I love that. Okay. Well, you were about to school us on what the Enneagram actually yeah, is. So it's all good. It's I'll all hand good. it back over. <laughs> well, okay. So if I were to give like maybe the 10 minute max overview and I'm watching, okay. So if you're listening, I'm, I'm going to try this in 10 minutes, which will come with like a seven minute disclaimer. Uh, no, really. The, the quick disclaimer is this, is that um, I'm, I'm, I'm not the foremost expert in the Enneagram. I will tell you what my interpretation is and how I've seen it used and how I coach it for others. But I will tell you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of reading you can do about it. And you should make some decisions for yourself about how you would use it or how mm-hmm. um, it can play a, an important role in your life and in your relationships or not for what it's worth. So I come from a tradition, uh, Helen Palmer and Dr. David Daniels, they are some of the you know preeminent, Dr. Dr. Daniels has since passed, but um, two of the experts around the Enneagram, uh, Rizzo and Hudson is an, are another couple of experts, um, B. Chestnut, Ian Cron is out there. So just know there's like a lot of people who have a lot of things to say about the Enneagram. So in Jason Daly's small little world, here's what I would mm-hmm. say about it, and it's probably attributable to all of those folks that you just heard about. So the Enneagram is, it's a, it's a, some people would say it's a personality typing process. I mean, that's really where it starts. And Kurt, I can't wait to hear what your interpretation is of it too, because I know you're not a stranger to it, (laughs) but I would say more than anything, it's a tool for, uh, a a tool for transformation and self-awareness. So Mm -hmm. if I have a leader who says, I want you to come do some work around emotional intelligence and self-awareness for my team, I will use the Enneagram as the medium to help facilitate that. Make sense? Now, you could use DISC, you could use Myers-Briggs, you could use Personalis, you could use a lot of different tools. So I'm not saying that the Enneagram is better than everything else, but I will tell you where I use it and how I see it get used differently from those other ones that are mentioned. Mm. So Enneas stands for nine. Gram is written. That's really all it is. Greek words. Um, And so nine types. And what it does is it helps encompass really nine ways primarily that people see and experience themselves in the world. That's how I would say it. Mm. Now, there's nuances. So there aren't, there are actually way more than nine types, but there are nine primary types is what I would say. And the essence around this is that each Enneagram type has a different pattern for thinking and how they encounter the world. We use terminology like core motivations. So each of the types has a core motivation that really becomes the dominant theme of their life. And when they start to notice it, it's like bringing something that's unconscious into the conscious mind. So, um, and then one of my, one of my Enneagram teachers, um, Renee Rosario talks about it like this is, I think I've heard her say it this way is, you know, you think about the essence of who we are, right? Who, who we're made to be like who God has created us to be. Oftentimes that essence might be in the middle and, if people are just listening, it's like I'm showing my fist. And so around that essence is the personality we put into place to protect the essence. Mm. The personality is not a bad thing, right? The personality is a beautiful thing, but oftentimes the personality uh, that served us in our early 20s no longer serves us at some point in time. So um, a lot of the work around the Enneagram is to understand, as Ian Cron says, who we were before the world told us who we needed to become. So, so good. say it again. 
The Enneagram can help us understand who we were before the world told us we needed to become. So that alone, man, like that, if that's the starting point for me to go, who have I become to satisfy the expectations that the world, that I've interpreted the world has placed upon me? Mm. And can I move away from staying relegated to that box that I have carefully crafted and unknowingly crafted as part of my own life's journey and survival and thriving, if Mm. you will? So that's kind of how I give it an overview. Now, I'd say the way that I see it work and work beautifully is it's a journey of self-discovery. One of the ways I've seen it misused is someone thinks, someone knows and goes, oh, yep, I'm a type one. I'm a reformer. I'm a perfectionist. That's me. I'm a type one. Great. (laughs) And they don't say this, but they're like, they approach it like my work's done here. Now I understand who I am. No, that'd be more like, This is the container that you exist inside of. Now, are you willing to work to get outside of that container? Are you willing to work to understand what you do to safely keep yourself inside of the container so that it keeps you, you know, from having to operate in relationship with the world around you? I'll pause there and see what comes up for you and see what questions or clarification. I'm sure heard that Ian Cron quote before um but i but it was not like forefront of my mind when i think about the enneagram and i love that that idea of like who you were before the world told you who you ought to be and i think so much of you know this show this platform this podcast around this idea of like what does it mean to be a grown man is an effort to strip down all of the cultural or societal or individual personal baggage that comes with this idea of being a grown man, right? It's not about being the burly, axe-wielding, you know, forest-hungry guy. It's about really understanding, hey, who did God wire me to be? And how do I step more fully into that as I interact with the rest of the world? And so uh, unpacking the Enneagram there's a reason that is the first series that we've done yeah. because it ultimately gets to the root of really the essence of this this show and the whole purpose behind this this community. Yeah. And something you said to that is that there it, what's necessary in this is that there has to be I I just think a necessary requirement is to assume I don't have it all figured out to assume that oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm a presentation skills, public speaking coach too. And I tell people this all the time, it gets worse before it gets better. You know, if, (laughs) if I were now, I'm not a golfer, but if I were, I I like to play golf, I'm a hack, but if I hired a golf coach, I have to rightfully expect it's going to get uglier before I even can start to improve. Right. And so with the power of this, of this process that I've seen people experience is to at least twofold. A, oh, I finally got some affirmation and it feels like someone has either, you know, read the book about me or I, now I can understand a little bit of why I am the way I am. And then it can also help us help illuminate the shadow side, which is like, man, these are the ways that I show up not at my best. Or this is the way yeah. that I'm going to say it. It's like, this is the way that I fake my way through life. And maybe after all, someone can actually (laughs) sense that I'm just putting up a big, massive facade. And to go back to where we started, we owe it to those around us to 
be bold enough to drop the facade and let people know us. And 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 maybe this is a good place to leave off before we cover um, the nine types in the next one is this. Um, we owe it to those around us to, to drop the facade. And I, my wife and I talk about it like this. Love our families, great families. I come from a broken family. My parents are divorced when I was six. So I used to grow up and say, I, like I would grow up saying like, oh, it wasn't traumatic. It was all good. I mean, I had two, I had multiple Christmases. It was awesome. You know, mom and dad, I, they, I don't remember them fighting in front of us. I don't re- like they were never mean toward each other in front of us. But I grew accustomed to saying it wasn't traumatic for me. Now, mm. take any six-year-old kid and take them through a divorce. It will be traumatic. And I've done some yeah. of this work through counseling, man, like for a counselor to say, what would it take for you to actually go back and speak to your six-year-old self with compassion and empathy? And, mm. uh, man, whew, I mean, that that's work. It's work. And a part of it is just recognizing that maybe I'm not as okay as I thought I was. Hello, 2020, 2021. Maybe you're listening right now and you are not as okay as you think you are. <laughs> and that's okay. And I've, right, I know that you just did an episode recently on that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, the, so, I guess the last thing I'd say is about that is like, how do we break the cycle? And that's what Shannon and I talk about is how do we be cycle breakers? Not because our families were terrible environments to grow up in, but how do we improve that cycle for our children? And one of the way that ways that I want to break mm-hmm. the cycle is let men know uh, uh, it's okay to go in. You should. It's actually an expectation for you to go in and you have to be an emotionally aware leader for you to be able to lead anywhere. It's we're, Done are the days of you being... Mm-hmm. Uh, head in the sand and unaware of people or sweeping or bypassing the emotions as part of the ways that you make decisions. I, I mean, how to follow up with that. That's a, that's a perfect end cap for where we're headed. You know, in, in this, this next episode, we're going to talk about um, the intelligence centers, which is a real fancy way of saying we're going to break the Enneagram down into three kind of component parts um, and Jason's going to walk us through that and share a little bit more detail into kind of how this typing system works and how we apply it. But Jason, I love what you shared there of this idea of, you know, uh, that, that the world needs each and every one of us. Yes. Right. Uh, we had Sam Acho, uh, NFL superstar turned author, speaker and entrepreneur, uh, on the podcast on episode 50. And he wrote a book called let the world see you. And in the book, he talks about this transformational moment for him between him and his mentor, where his mentor just told him a, a really simple statement, but he said, you are worthy of being known. Yeah. And man, if I could reiterate that as we move into you know this process of really like knowing yourself and how to use the Enneagram to better know yourself, I'd just love for every single one of the men listening to this episode to hear you are worthy of being known. All right, fellas, that's a wrap for today's episode. Again, if you're super familiar with the Enneagram already, join us for this journey because I can tell you firsthand that you will hear something new or something that just hits you a little different. 
If you've never taken the Enneagram before or it's been a long time, go to grownmanproject.com slash tools to take the Enneagram for free and follow along with the next three episodes to dive deeper and learn how to apply this powerful tool. If you want to learn more about Jason and connect with him, you can go to anchoredleadership.com or shoot him an email at jason at anchoredleadership.com. Lastly, if you want to go deeper with the Grown Man community, we'd love to get to know you better. Go to grownmanproject.com slash community to learn more about how you can get plugged into a community of dudes that are committed to showing up as grown men in every area of their lives. I'm your host, Kurt Kersey. Thanks for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you here next week.